Well, friends, today we are concluding, if you haven't caught that by now, our sermon series on the world's greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we are actually going to recite the whole thing for you from beginning to end as we conclude this series. But before I do, I want to bring back a few points that I made at the very beginning of this series when we started out. Uh, I mentioned that St. Augustine called the Sermon on the Mount the perfect standard of the Christian life. Scott McKnight calls it the greatest moral document of all time. It truly is the world's greatest sermon. When I first opened up this series, I said there were three keys to understanding the sermon. I want to revisit those. And the first was that this sermon, it points to Jesus' And has it not pointed to his magnificence? this whole time, how awesome of a teacher and king and Lord he is. We discussed how Jesus reminds us of Moses who went up on a mountain to receive the first covenant, the law of God, to give a people an ethic for living in the kingdom of God in the Old Testament. And in the same way, Jesus, in a similar way, he goes up on a mountain and he gives the ethic of how to live in the kingdom of God for God's people. But how different these two are from one another. Jesus is a new and better Moses, giving us a new and better covenant for a new and better kingdom. One of the things that uh, stuck out to me from the series uh, was when Kevin, Kevin Johnson said in his sermon in the series that Jesus is more than an ethical teacher, but he is certainly not less. And as we've heard week after week, his ethical instruction, calling us to a radical way of life, in his kingdom. His teachings are profound. They are life-changing. They will change life. They will change the church and the world. But more magnificent than that in his teachings, we, we know that because of Christ's life, death, his resurrection, and his ascension to heaven, we know that he will bring us into the kingdom of God and save us for eternal life forevermore. All of this has pointed to the magnificence of Jesus Christ. The second thing I said back when we first started was that this sermon teaches disciples how to live in his kingdom. We recall that this set of moral teachings teaches us to follow the king, how to live as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. We are called to a high standard. We are called to a standard, Jesus says, that surpassed all of the righteousness of the religious people of his day, that of the scribes and the Pharisees. We remember now to hold the world to the ethic of Jesus. We remember not to condemn each other when we fall short, but we do remember supporting one another, to keep encouraging, monitoring, correcting, and holding one another accountable to the standard of the King because it's for His glory that we live and look and love like Jesus. This teaches us how to live as disciples. And finally, what I said when we first started was that Jesus calls us to put this sermon into practice. The point of everything he says in this is to be followers of Jesus who put his teachings into practice. We are disciples of a rabbi. We are those who are trying to imitate Jesus in our lives. As Scott McKnight put it, followers follow. Followers follow. Those who don't follow Jesus are not his followers. Jesus demands 
a costly discipleship from us. Does he not? It's a free gift of salvation that he opens the narrow gate for us and bids us come in. But then he bids us to come walk that narrow road with him. And his grace will empower us to do so. And we'll lean on our brothers and sisters for support as we walk this narrow road. And he calls us to build our lives on his teaching and to do it. I can't remember where, but somewhere that disciples uh, in the times of Jesus and before and after, they would often memorize the teachings of their rabbi. I mean, that's why at the beginning of this, we encouraged all of us to do that at some level. And now at the end of the series, I've asked some of our church family to come and recite from memory uh, this, the Sermon on the Mount for us. So I'd invite you to come now and uh, take a seat up, up in the front. And they come not to demonstrate their own ability to memorize, they're not trying to show off for you this morning, but they come to minister to us from the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord. This sermon that was spoken to us 2,000 years ago, it's relevant and alive for his followers today. So friends, please now give your full attention to the world's greatest sermon. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed you, or blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven.
You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with, your, with them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. Well, I say, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your eyes, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your entire body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard it said that if a man divorces his wife, he needs to give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to become an adulteress. And any man who marries the divorced women, woman commits adultery. You've heard it said to the people long ago, do not break your oaths, but keep the oaths that you have made to the Lord. Well, I say, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head. You can't even make one hair black or white. Simply, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. It's been said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone sues you and takes your tunic, give to him your cloak as well. And if somebody forces you to go a mile, freely go two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn away the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. 
But I say, love your enemies and pray. Pray for those that persecute you so that you can be children of your Father in heaven who causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and he sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Therefore I tell you, be inwardly whole and complete as your Father in heaven is inwardly whole and complete. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you will need even before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven those uh, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. I truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
Your eye is your lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your body will be full of light. If your eye is unhealthy, your body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, then how great is that darkness? Man cannot serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted one and despise the other. Man cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They neither They neither sow <laughs> or reap or gather into barns, and yet their Heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more important than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field that's here today and tomorrow's cast into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows what you need. And it's the pagans who run after those things. So, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Judge not that you be not judged, for with, uh, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, but there's the log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck 
out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Oh, yes. And who among you, if his son gives him, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So, whatever you wish that people would do to you, do to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. <clears throat> but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me on that day, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not drive out demons in your name, and in your name perform many miracles, and in your name heal the sick? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a f wise man who built his house on the stone. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds beat and blew against that house, but it did not fall because it had had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds beat and blew against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. <clears throat> 